The Philadelphia Eagles preseason has come to an end for the 2023 season. It's time to look forward to week one against the New England Patriots. Final takeaways from the preseason. Who made the most of their opportunity to make the 53-man roster? All that and more on this Friday edition of Locked on Eagles. You are Locked on Eagles. Your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Shout out to our everydayers for making us your first listen Monday through Friday right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code LOCKDOWN to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. The preseason is over. And honestly, thank God. I mean, I have loved watching all these young kids battle for depth spots, fighting for a 53-man roster. The summer is inspiring in a way, and if you really love football, this is a time of year where you really get into the nitty-gritty, and this is kind of what it's all about. These guys fighting for their NFL lives, not at the stakes of like a Jalen Hurts when it comes to legacy talk, and you know, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, how much more elite can they get? No, for these guys, it's can they keep a job in the National Football League? And it really has been fun to cover so many of these players in their journeys. But I don't know about you, I'm ready for the regular season. The Philadelphia Eagles have Super Bowl hopes, and it's time to look forward now to the New England Patriots Week 1 at Foxborough. Before we do move forward, we have one more preseason game to recap from last night. The Eagles took on the Colts at the link in their preseason finale. We're going to get into the guys that made the most of their final game. Did they do enough to make the 53-man roster as for the players that did shine? Who did not stand out in that football game? Want to start on the offensive side of the football. And for me, this is a player that, although I'm going to get into it in a second, he didn't seem like his roster spot was in jeopardy. It was good to see him cap things off in a positive way, considering how bad a lot of this summer has been for quarterback Marcus Mariota, specifically in the preseason against Baltimore and Cleveland. His passing was egregious, and he's had some good practices for sure. Joint practices against the Browns and the Colts. He's had some other bright spots against the Eagles defense this year at practice, but for the most part, from a passing perspective, it's been alarming. So to see him, and he only threw the football twice last night, completed a 21-yard pass load to Devin Allen, which was really good to see. By the way, Devin Allen, a huge winner last night, ripped off a, what, 70-plus-yard kickoff return. I mean, world-class speed, a 20-plus-yard reception as well. That was really impressive to see from Devin, even though I don't think he's going to make the 53. This is a player I want to continue to develop on the practice squad and see that world-class speed. But anyway, it was great to see Marcus Mariota have a 20-plus-yard completion, set the Eagles up to get a touchdown from Trey Sermon on that first drive, just end things on a positive note, even if he didn't, totally dominate the series. Again, it was only one pass, and it really wasn't even that spectacular of a completion. You know, Allen did most of the work, but for me, Mariota just, it was a mental thing at that point, because although Mike Garofolo did post an article for NFL.com today discussing some of the most surprising names that you could see next week getting cut, again, remember, the Eagles have one day of cuts this time instead of two to go down from, it's not 90 to 75 to 53. No, it goes straight from 90 to 53. Garofolo did mention Marcus Mariota as a player that could surprisingly get cut despite his $5 million guaranteed in that new contract the Eagles signed him to this past offseason. 
Um, Garofolo also threw in a quote after that article from Nick Sirianni last night about how good Tanner McKee has looked and the potential of McKee being QB2 this year. I think McKee, again, showed a lot of poise last night against Indy. And I think overall, his numbers don't look incredible, but McKee was one of the best players, I think, in the entire preseason this year, not just from an Eagles perspective, but a league-wide perspective. Like the entire NFL, Tanner McKee was one of the best players. That's definitely a fact. It's factual that Mariota was really bad. I still don't bullish on they're not cutting him. I don't think they're replacing Mariota with McKee instantly as a backup right away. I don't think they're going to bring in Nick Foles. They're not signing Carson Wentz. They're not signing any of these backups that are available. Chase Daniel, it feels like all the free agents at quarterback are just former Eagles, right? Um, It's been bad, but I I still think he's not going to get cut. So it was good to see him just kind of remove that just the last time he played before that, I mean, you could not draw up a worse performance against Cleveland two weeks ago. So I think that was huge, and hopefully Mariota doesn't have to play this year, but if he does, he's going to have to be better than he was. So it was good, I think, to kind of exercise a little bit of those demons and just end things on a positive note for Marcus, for sure. So good game for Mariota. Loved seeing Tanner McKee finish things off on a high note as well on offense. As I mentioned, Devin Allen, this is a really interesting prospect with a lot of speed two years into now rejoining football after taking, what, a six- to seven-year break. Did he do enough to beat out Britton Covey as that fifth receiver or to keep a number six? I don't I don't know. I don't think so. Not for the Eagles, at least. For me, I've been of the belief that Britton Covey is not good enough to be seen as a lock like he is. I love Devin Allen's speed. He already, in that one game, ripped off a return that is more impressive than anything Britton Covey has done in that area. Although it was a kickoff return, not a punt return. It is a different game. But seeing that speed is intriguing. If you can develop that, also with Olamide Zacchaeus as well, being a return option, I just I don't get why Covey's such a lock. I know he got way better as a returner the second half of the season last year, but I'm not so sure. But I, I think I am sure, though, that the Eagles are confident in Covey as wide receiver five and that Allen still probably more likely a practice squad candidate for this team. But again, he continues to make plays in the preseason and he shows flashes of that speed. I remember I was at the game last year against Cleveland when Reed Sinnett threw him that bomb of a touchdown for 70 plus yards down the field. And I'm like, man, this guy becomes somebody. I mean, again, he is a track star for a reason. Somebody that wasn't as good and was pretty underwhelming last night compared to Devin Allen was running back Trey Sermon. A little disappointed in that for Trey. Again, I thought he was not coming close to making this Eagles team, but think he and I think he still has a really good chance to make a 53-man roster elsewhere, but only 30 yards yesterday and a touchdown just didn't really make the most of his opportunities. Again, it's tough when you're playing behind backup offensive lines for sure, and the Colts were playing starters a lot of the time. Did get in the end zone, but overall, Trey, I thought, could have been like, you know, there's a lot of running backs that final game of the preseason for the Eagles and for other teams that go off and it does earn them another job. So for Trey, didn't think it was all that impressive and the same continues for the tight end spot. I think, again, nobody did much. Grant Calcaterra, Dan Arnold. By default, I think it's probably going to be Dallas Goddard, Grant Calcaterra, and Jack Stahl. Although I will say it was very interesting to hear Ruben Frank from NBC Philly say that he thinks Tyree Jackson could make this roster. And I I didn't really think of it. I've liked Tyree Jackson more than those other players. From an upside perspective, I didn't think there was a chance that he makes the team over those other three. But I will say if nobody is going to step up, and it's tight end three, at that point, why not just keep the kid with the most upside? 
I mean, for me, Calcaterra has not done enough to be like, I know he was a draft pick of Howie's two years ago and Howie tends to give those guys time and the tie a lot of the time goes to the most recent draft pick, but I don't know, Tyree Jackson, again, if he can, and he's healthy right now, he had a great summer a few years ago. If he can develop, I just think he's a much more dangerous weapon with the ball in his hands than any of these other tight ends. I still think they're going to end up making a move at tight end, maybe before the trade deadline. I said the other day on the show that it could be Zach Ertz, could be somebody else. But for right now, I thought it was interesting that Rube brought up Tyree Jackson. I still think there could maybe be a surprise at that spot. I'm not so sure what their, where their head's at because... Again, nobody has really, and they haven't thrown to tight ends a lot this preseason, but overall, nobody has really ran away with the tight end two job or tight end three. And so by default, Jack Stahl gets one spot. And then, yeah, I would probably go with Tyree Jackson. I'm I'm with Rube there. One more thing before we get into the defensive side of the football here. This is a player that I have not mentioned really on this show a whole lot, but he just received a contract extension. He has played really well this summer. And I think he's a lock to make this 53. And I'm kind of annoyed at myself for preferring some other offensive linemen over him. I think Fred Johnson is not only going to make this team as a backup tackle for the birds, but I think he's going to be maybe the, I don't, I don't want to say the primary backup left tackle. It's going to be Tyler Steen, but Tyler Steen's also been cross training as a right guard. Maybe if they want to keep him focused there, if there is an injury, hopefully there's not knock on wood to Jordan Maialata, in the regular season, Fred Johnson is someone I think this team thought a lot higher of than I did. And I think that started to get on my radar more last week, still kept him off the 53-man roster projection. But after this week, seeing that extension, seeing him play well this summer, Fred Johnson's a guy I, I don't think is a surprise anymore, but he's a player that I haven't seen on a lot of predictions. Probably that's going to make this team on the offensive side of the football. I think the more interesting takeaways, though, did come on defense Got to talk about this cornerback position coming up next right here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. And guys, today's show is sponsored by Harry's, our brand new sponsor. So excited that Harry's is sponsoring Locked On Eagles. No matter why you shave, Harry's has you covered for the best shave of your life at a price that you're going to love. From their legendary high-quality razors to skin products like exfoliating face wash and hydrating lotion, Harry's gives you a premium shave without the premium price tag. Look at this face. You see this baby face right here? This is because of Harry's. I can't grow a beard. It becomes spacey. It's itchy. I got to get this thing off every single day. I have to shave. Harry's comes in, and again, a lot of the time before Harry's, I would use just this rough razor or an electric razor, and without that face wash and the hydrating lotion, I would get all patchy, itchy. It was absolutely the worst. Sure, am I going to get ID'd for the rest of my life? Yes, because of Harry's, but at the same time, this is the way I want to look. Get better quality and a better price than any other razors when you get Harry's delivered right to your door. The starter set is a $13 value for just $3 at harrys.com slash NFL. It includes a five-blade German-engineered razor, weighted handles, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover. Scheduled delivery for refills as low as $2.00 half what you pay for other blades. Harry's makes the skin products, I should say skin care products, that you will give the best shave ever with. Creams, washes, lotions, they're going to keep your skin healthy and hydrated. There's no reason not to try Harry's. Get your best shave ever this summer with Harry's razors and skin care products. Get a $13 starter set for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash NFL. That's harrys.com slash NFL for a $3 starter set. 
All right, Eagles fans, thanks so much for making us your first listen right here every single day on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Lockdown Eagles, Louis DiBiase riding solo. Congratulations to my co-host, Gino Camilleri. He is officially a married man, Gino and Jen Camilleri. Coming at you out there in Colorado. Gino will be back on the show on Monday. I am recapping the Eagles' final preseason game of the 2023 season, which went down Thursday night against the Indianapolis Colts. And on the defensive side of the football, can we talk about how good undrafted rookie corner Eli Ricks was? And this time, again, he's been making plays in training camp. Even before that, we loved the upside, the potential of him as an undrafted rookie, the length, the explosiveness coming from a top school like Alabama. So many draft analysts out there were surprised that he wasn't drafted. He didn't allow a single touchdown in man coverage in the 2022 collegiate season. So you bring him in. He's making some plays this summer in the in training camp. Then you see the pick six against the Baltimore Ravens. Last week, he was shutting guys down in coverage. One of PFF's top-graded man coverage corners this preseason. And then yesterday, he's got to go up against the starting Indianapolis Colts offense against a starting, I don't want to say bona fide, true, legit wide receiver, one in Michael Pittman, but an NFL starter that's a top two, I would say he's, a very high-end wide receiver, too, on most teams. He probably is a wide receiver one. And Eli Ricks held his own. He was sticky all over Pittman. Eli Ricks, I think, after yesterday, I already thought he was going to make this team. I think he's a lock. And how many corners do you keep? That's the tough question because Darius Slay is a lock. So is James Bradbury and Avante Maddox. Josh Job as well. So you've got those four. Keely Ringo as well. So you got five locks at corner. Then do you keep another slot backup? Is that Mario Goodrich? Is that Josiah Scott plus Eli Ricks? That's seven corners. Are you going to keep seven to keep Ricks? I would say so. I'd much rather have a seventh corner like Eli over another, you know, a defensive tackle like Contavious Street over a fourth linebacker like Nicholas Morrow. To me, Eli Ricks has too much upside and there is no way he's clearing waivers. And if you don't want to keep seven, I know Goodrich and Scott are the primary slot corners. Now that Zach McPherson's hurt, outside of Scott and Goodrich, you really don't have that obvious slot corner that's cross-trained. But I would much rather, if I'm only going to keep six, I am letting a slot backup go and I'm keeping Eli Ricks. I think I can get Goodrich or Scott on the practice squad. If Maddox were to go down in one game and I don't have an obvious slot backup, that's fine. I'll use one of the safeties. I'll push James Bradbury inside for a game, and then I'll call somebody up on the practice squad. Eli Ricks, even for an undrafted rookie, has starter potential. Not just starter potential. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but I just I love this style of corner. It's why I loved Tariq Wollin last year from UTSA, a rookie of the year candidate last year that was stolen by Seattle in the fifth round. I think this is the Eagles' do-over. It's Eli Ricks. I think he has star potential. I mean, listen to these preseason numbers from PFF. According to their coverage grades, Eli Ricks had a 90.2 coverage grade. 15 targets in man coverage, only six catches allowed. One interception, three pass breakups, a 54.9 passer rating. And again, this is against guys like yesterday, Michael Pittman. So I don't know. If they're going to keep, if Mario Goodrich is a lock, to be that slot backup, I'm keeping a seventh corner, and it's Eli Ricks. Could they even keep eight with how good Makai Gardner has been with Mekki Gardner? I don't know how to say his first name. I'm going to figure this one out for sure. I apologize. But um, I don't know. They're going to go heavy at corner. They have so much young talent at this position. And Eli Ricks, he's not getting back to the practice squad. You have to keep this kid. Honestly, I would go as far as saying I have more confidence in Ricks right now to be a long-term starter for this team 
over Ringo. And again, it's way early on, but I, again, he just is the exact kind of corner I really like. When you can find that kind of length, and yet there's still the fluid athlete athlete that he is, that's really impressive. Eli Ricks was really good against the Colts. He earned himself a spot on this 53-man roster. Overall, I think, outside of Job, he might be the best backup corner. I don't know. I, I think I trust him, again, to play right now over Ringo. I do. He was he was really good again, and it's going to be a tough decision for Howie, but it's a good problem to have because when was the last time they had this much young promise in the secondary? Not just a corner, but at safety too because I loved what I saw from Sidney Brown this preseason. Kavon Wallace has really taken some strides in his development. They've got some players long-term in the defensive backfield despite not really investing a lot of top draft picks at this spot. They still, it feels like they have a lot of good prospects that aren't just potential depth pieces down the road. I think between Ringo, between Ricks, Wallace, Brown, Gardner, Goodrich, you have some real potential starters for the future once things are done with Slay and Bradbury and, you know, at safety, Edmonds, and, you know, I can't even not, how do I not mention Reed Blankenship at safety when it comes to Young Promise? So I'm very excited about that. That was a huge change of the tide for me this summer was how promising and how much better I feel about the secondary, at least from a long-term perspective. Because you guys know for me, I've been pounding the table for years to draft defensive backs early, how he doesn't really do it, and yet he's still got the young talent. So props to him for sure. He's, he's very good at finding value. Later in drafts, undrafted free agency, he is very, very good in those areas. Shout out to the scouting department as well. It's not just Howie. It's a collaborative effort. The coaches are developing these kids. Sean Desai, this is what he did in Seattle. Can he make Eli Ricks his new Tariq Woolen? Am I getting too excited for this in August? Am I over-exaggerating? Probably. But his coverage these past few weeks has been really fun, and I love cornerback play, so... Something I definitely get passionate about for sure. Um, another interesting takeaway from yesterday, Zach Cunningham did not play. Me- meanwhile, Nicholas Morrow did, as did Christian Ellis. Zach Cunningham, to me, that tells me he is the starter next to Nicobe Dean. And we finally got some clarity there. And at safety, the rotation, the only player that didn't play at safety yesterday was Reed Blankenship. We've been wondering who's going to be the obvious starters next to Dean and Blankenship at linebacker and safety. And, This has been, they're pushing it late into the summer, right? It's August 25th, and we're now just really realizing Cunningham's going to be the main starter at linebacker. At safety, we still don't know. It might be a committee approach early on with Sidney Brown, Terrell Edmonds, Kevon Wallace, Justin Evans, because all of them played again last night outside of Blankenship. So I think we know Cunningham now is a starter after last night. At safety, we still don't know. My prediction is going to be, they're gonna when there's only two safeties out there. Sidney Brown's out there most of the time, and Terrell Edmonds is your rotating third safety with Kavon Wallace as your fourth. But I'm not so sure. Safety still, it's it's a mystery. I, I have a lot of um, hope for this young group, and I think they have a high floor this year at this position, a higher floor than people thought when CGJ left. But who's gonna be that main guy when there's only two safeties out there? I am not so sure. I, again, my guess would be Sidney Brown, but Sean Desai is keeping that close to the vest, and he's giving all these players opportunities from an evaluation standpoint to still earn earn reps for sure. All right, guys, coming up next, let's move over to the regular season. Let's gear our attention towards the New England Patriots. That's coming up right here on the Locked On Eagles podcast, a Friday edition of the show. And guys, today's podcast is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy Football. I cannot wait to start playing fantasy this year with Underdog. August is here. 
you know what that means. It's the official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Just had my draft the other day. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft. No waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every single week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament, the largest fantasy football contest of all time. It's back and even bigger. With $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code LOCKEDON to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code LOCKEDON. Underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football. The best place for best ball. Best ball mania is the largest tournament ever. I've been really getting into some different styles of leagues in fantasy. Guillotine, Vampire, Best Ball is a great one. You got to play it with Underdog Fantasy. All right, Eagles fans, we are wrapping up this Friday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, and we are wrapping up the 2023 preseason after yesterday's finale against the Indianapolis Colts. It's time to move forward to the regular season. And again, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I've you know really thoroughly enjoyed watching all the depth pieces that Howie Roseman has built. This roster from top to bottom is to me the deepest in football. And it's been so cool to see guys like Eli Eli Ricks earn his position. It's been really cool to see these other young players, these Georgia standouts really shine and, you know, flash what the future in Philadelphia can be like, especially on the defensive side of the football. And to see McKee mania has been great. Um, And even, you know, as bad as Mariota has been, it has sparked some fun debates about the quarterback position, which we really haven't gotten in Philadelphia since Carson Wentz left. There's been a lot of harmony, or I should say, well, never mind. 2021, I was all debating quarterback. But, um, you know, this past year, we really haven't had to. So it's been a really fun offseason for sure. But for me, I'm ready for the regular season. Ready to move forward on the Super Bowl run. The Eagles take on the New England Patriots in just a few weeks. And we finally get to focus on the starters again. Because, again, from top to bottom, this is the most complete roster, I think, in football. But... When it comes to the starting lineup, I know there's questions at LB2 with Zach Cunningham, with who's that, you know, how good are the safeties going to be replacing CGJ and Marcus Epps with Reed Blankenship, Marcus, uh, I should say, Sidney Brown, and, you know, Terrell Edmonds. But overall, this is going to be the hardest team, I think, to face in football when it comes to the overall collection of talent. The Kansas City Chiefs, they're the best team in football. They're the Super Bowl champions. They've got the best big three of Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. But for me, the Eagles are the most complete team in football. And they start that off week one against the New England Patriots. I felt in 2018, the Eagles were still destined to be able to contend and maybe potentially repeat. I didn't think there were many better rosters in football than the Birds. Did I feel strongly about that team as I do this one? No, there were definitely more question marks. But I think the Eagles, what happened that year, and they clearly were still primed to contend because they nearly got back to the NFC title. They still had that core intact, but they got in their way, they they got in their own way so much. Sometimes through things they couldn't control, like injuries, but oftentimes it was mental mistakes, it was play calling, the slow starts really put them in holes, and then it led to an extremely slow start the first half of the season. Nick Foles has to dig them out of a hole at the end of the year. So for me, that's the one thing, just as long as this team, it's the same as last year. There's not a lot of teams that can beat this Eagles team when they're clicking on all cylinders. So the only way they have a slow start is, to me, it's self-inflicted wounds. It's injuries, it's mental mistakes, penalties, you know, turnovers, things like that. As long as they get out of their own way, I cannot imagine, 
And again, I felt this way after 2017. So you never know in the NFL. It's unpredictable. Teams change every single year. But I just can't fathom that that kind of slow start and the, the same timeline of post-Super Bowl 52 will happen now in a post-Super Bowl 57 world for the Birds. So I, I'm very optimistic. This team is so talented. They've looked incredibly prepared, I think, in joint practices, the starters. That's why they didn't need to play in the preseason. They looked so good against the Browns and against the Colts. Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, they looked incredible. I think they're going to get off to a fast start. I think the tougher stretch is that second half of the year, the gauntlet when you got to play like you know Miami and then Kansas City. Buffalo, San Francisco, division matchups against you know Dallas and New York. I think that's when the test comes. But that's what I, why I'll say they can't afford a 2018-like slow start because the schedule only gets tougher. This team needs to be ready to fly from the jump because that's where the easier matchups are. They need to stack wins. Not saying this team's going to be an underdog. They're outside of the Chiefs, I think, the best team in football. So they should be favored even against a team like Buffalo, even against a team like San Fran. But you don't want to have to need all of those games. You don't want to put yourself in a corner that late into the season. You want to be playing your best football by then. And so hopefully that they can continue that and do exactly what they did last year, which is from the start, just be a juggernaut and really not face a whole lot of lulls during the season. So it's coming up soon. We got you covered right here on Lockdown Eagles, Monday through Friday, all the way up until the regular season and then all the way throughout 2023. Right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to our everydayers. We'll be back on Monday. Until then, Louis DiBiase signing off for Lockdown Eagles. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's go, birds.